Hello, and welcome to High Tea Obsessed. I am your host, Thomas Boomhauer, and joining me today for the job of the century, crime of the year, none other than your boy, Mike Barbado. What's going on? Ooh, what's up, dude? Happy to be here. We're kicking off opening salvo of the season three of High Tea Obsessed, all about heists. And for that, we needed not only real life heists, we needed some of the best heist movies of all time. And I was like, okay, how do we kick this off with the Bane? We don't want to do the best one first, but we want one of the best ones first for sure. So we went with Inside Man, one of our favorite heist movies and one of your favorite movies. Yes. Um, yes. This uh, Inside Man's been one of my all-time favorites. Um, I would probably, it's up there as might be my favorite uh, heist movie. And I, it's just, I, it's... An easy top ten. We're probably talking top five for me still. All time. It's excellent. It's outstanding. And yeah. I'm very excited to talk about that. But first, let's get a little bit of an intro into what's going on this season. If you guys listened to yesterday's episode about the Mona Lisa heist, you should have an idea what's going on. But if not, my name is Thomas Boomhauer. Pay strict attention to what I say because I choose my words very carefully and I never repeat myself. I told you my name. That's the who. The where could most readily be described as a small room in my house. But there's a vast difference between being stuck in a tiny room in my house and a podcast studio. The what is easy. Recently, I planned and set in motion events to execute the perfect season of a podcast. That's also the when. As for the why, beyond the obvious entertainment motivation, it's exceedingly simple. Because I can. Which leaves us only with the how. And therein, as the bar would tell us, lies the rub. Basically, guys, I'm talking about heist for an entire season. That's that's what I'm doing here. And it's going to be set. And it's going to be awesome. And you're going to be lucky to hear it. So, you know, this week, one episode every day. And then after that, one episode every Tuesday like normal. And we're talking heist. We're talking heist movies. And at the end, Mike Barbado here, Sean O'Connor, friend of the show, JT Coons. We're coming together. We're doing a heist uh, heist true draft using movie characters and it's going to be probably the most excellent episode of a podcast anyone has ever made and anyone has ever listened to so here on out it's going to be all inside man but that's just a little bit of an update about what we're doing people so we've done one of these movie episodes before we were with chris at that one but because i don't have a million friends i was like i gotta spread them out on these episodes i can't have two people on every single one here with me um, so he's going to join us, I think, net two weeks from now for Reservoir Dogs, and that's going to be sick. God bless. But so here's what we do. We got a bunch of categories. It's sort of like the rewatchables, if you've listened to that from the Rainer Podcast Network. And we just talked about like some of our favorite scenes, some of the best quotes, and then some original categories that we'll get into here. So we open up with a brief summary, and we get into the details as the pod progresses naturally. And so if you haven't seen Inside Man, you probably should just turn this off because we're going to butcher it. And, you know, we're going to talk about it in great detail, reveal all the twists. So stop listening, come back when you've seen it. And if you have seen it, you know that what's going on, it's very memorable. But here's a little reminder just in case. The movie opens with a man trapped inside what appears to be a prison cell. And he gives us one of the coolest opening monologues in any movie. He's arrogant, he's brash, he's very charming, he's swaggering, he's like, you're like, this guy's sick, he's a cool villain. And we're going to get into Clive Owen a little later, because we got some questions about him. Anyway, he calls himself Dalton Russell, and he claims to have carried out the perfect bank robbery. From there, we have a few interconnected, almost competing storylines going on. So, of course, there's the bank robbery, and we see that through the point of view of Russell and his crew, who all go by variations of the name Steve. And going against them is the storyline headlined by Detective Keith Frazier, played by Denzel Washington. And he has a team of police with him. You know, we got William Defoe, Willem Defoe. Uh, we got Chiwetel Ejiofor. And 
uh, Frazier is a sort of embattled detective. It seems like he's in the doghouse a little bit because of a dispute over what happened with $140,000 on his last bust. He's not too worried about it because he knows he didn't do anything wrong, but it's at the beginning of the movie we find him in the doghouse. He's like suspended to his desk, it looks like. And so when he gets the call up to do this hostage negotiation, he's a little bit surprised, but he's fired up and he knows he's going to crush it. He also has a little bit of family drama going on because his girlfriend wants a ring and he's like, I don't know if I'm ready for it. We got to make some money. I want to get promoted before I can do that. So Frazier and Russell are negotiating the whole time. We got this cool dynamic where Russell is ahead of him the whole time, but Frazier knows it. And it's like, Frazier basically knows he doesn't have the full picture, but he doesn't actually put it together. So it's like a really cool thing you don't see in a lot of movies. Further complicating this whole thing is that the bank is owned by a Mr. Arthur Case, and he has a secret inside this specific branch of the bank that he owns. And that is that he has Nazi documents and Nazi diamonds because he was a war criminal, just a bad guy in general. So he hires a Fitzer, played by Jodie Foster, to kind of like prevent anyone from getting a hold of these documents, destroying them if possible, just seeing what's going on. However, Dalton already knows about it, and that's the reason for the heist and why it's the perfect crime. So then we got some issues with Frazier's like, you know, uh, Arthur Case is a bad guy. Why is no one caring about what happened with the diamonds? The criminals did really pull off the perfect heist. And we're just on, you know? It's really cool stuff. So, you know, obviously I skipped over some things, left out a little bit, but that's the gist of what's going on. And it starts you off pretty much right in right in the bank. Um, yeah. The intro going them driving to, mm-hmm. and, and you have Dalton Russell. Picking up his crew, playing the uh, Chaya Chaya song. Oh yeah, yeah, and they just—they basically the whole movie's taking place in the bank um, yep. for him. Yes, I think that's a nice segue into this scene. Slaps the most. This scene goes off because okay, so I think you just have the opening scene up there if you wanted, where they're getting all the boys together, and then so if you say that scene, opening monologue scene, that's one scene. I think that's clear contender for best scene in the movie. Yeah, especially and then they bring it back at the end. Um, you did the one where he's picking up his crew into the bank robbery. That could be a contender. Um, I don't know if it's a strong contender. It's like outside shot, but this is, this is which scene is that? Is that the one where they are out of the bank? All of them? Yeah. Where they come into the bank and then he has the lights going on. And then the one security guard, like the bank robbery, basically Mm -hmm. there's the interrogation scenes, which I'm including as one, even though there are a bunch of separate vignettes throughout, but those are all amazing. Those are all electric. Yeah, that was very well done. Just like getting, you're kind of getting some information. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're seeing a little bit of backstory. Yeah. Apparently, a lot of that, if not all of that, from Denzel and uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. I'm just going to say Ejiofor, I guess. Um, those were improvised, and that's why they're so funny and like weird. And Okay. And it's just that's... like they're all like being cool and fun. They're like, hey, buddy, what's going on, basically? And they're like, so why'd you rob the bank? On yeah, all of... the, the one with the old lady specifically, that one was, they yeah. were just having fun with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are all good. And then, like, the one with the both the women with uh, big boobs, where the one, the guy's just staring at her. <laughs> and then the other one, they, like, asked, asked about her cup size and if she was involved. And she's like, what, so I violated 34 double D? <laughs> it's all good, good stuff. Uh, there's um, the dinner scene with the psych host- seat hostage who had worked at the bank. Um, and I don't like that's not a good scene as in like the spirit of this question where we're like this scene slaps, but it's just like a really well done scene. It shows you a lot of like New York City at the time with the post 9-11 strife and like um, some of these scenes now and like today's climate climate with police brutality and stuff are very rough. Like how they're just like, let's just as the hostages come out, shoot them with rubber bullets right to shoot everybody and like specifically when they arrest the hostage and they're like you're like oh my god they're gonna shoot this guy who's a hostage because he's it's tough yeah Yeah, just like that that whole so it was funny because the way that they lined it up was he was already asking about the like because he had that he had that um note yes or not no it was like um some weird like metal it was like a briefcase almost yeah and he had it wrapped around his neck. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the one cop starts asking, he's like, um, he's like, oh, is that a bomb? Yeah. And, like, right when they did, they saw his... Um, um, Turban. Mm-hmm. 
and then he was like he was like holy shit are you a terrorist and yeah and like, it was like it was a like i feel like it was like just a very like i don't know it was a funny scene yeah um, i think you're supposed to like laugh at the tops being idiots sort of thing. right That's, but also yeah. understand that it's like a very stressful situation and it could go bad very easily at the same time that, it's like yeah, both i think that there is like some like com- there's a lot of comedic relief in the movie, mm-hmm. and I feel like that was um that was definitely w- what what that was. Yes, it's like a shocking, funny type of thing. Like when yeah. someone gets shot and you don't expect like, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then also, so then we get to the diner scene where like um Defoe is denying that his men told him an a- an Arab, and then Denzel oh, yeah. saves it by being funny and charming. He was like. The hostage is like, I believe his name is Vitram. He's like, this yep. is bullshit. Like, I'm a hostage in the bank. I get harassed. I can't go to an airplane, airport without getting harassed. Random my ass. And then Denzel just interrupts him. And just like, I bet you didn't get a tab, though. <laughs> <laughs> just One like, yep. um, put that ice on your face. Victor, good guy. Good guy. He was in a high-stress situation. Handled it like a champ. Just gives him up the keys. He's like, I don't know. I'm not losing my life for this. Gonna, You know what he's going to do? All these people, this is a side note, they're going to be able to sue the pants off the NYPD. So, God bless. Why was that? Uh, they all got shot in the head with rubber bullets. And then, you know, <laughs> and were hostages to, like, for six hours. <laughs> like, they're they going to sue everybody. Uh, they had to tell them to cease fire. Like, I think, I think yeah. they said it four times before they, before they yeah. actually stopped. <laughs> yeah, this is going to cost New York City so much money. Um, another great scene, though, is the when they play the Albanian minister's like propaganda speech before they know it, and they're just like, "It's New York City." Someone knows what that is, and right. the construction worker just comes up and he's like, "My guy, that's Albanian, one hundred percent." Like that, and then if we include the scene where uh, his ex-wife comes in, she comes in super hot. She's got the. Uh, bagged with parking tickets she's just like they're like you can't smoke in here she's like oh yeah just eyeballing <laughs> them she controls the room she wears the room and like that whole those two paired together especially it's just really great for stalling right like he was just buying time with that yeah that was all just bullshit like had nothing to do with anything he just knew that yeah. they were listening basically mm-hmm. wanted to send him on a juice chase and that's what denzel realizes is that like, that and some of the other things he does is that the hostage negotiator he wants the or the guy the bank robber wants the time he doesn't care like he wants them to do anything but end the siege and storm he the bank no he noted early he was like it doesn't seem like he's in any rush right and that's because he's building a fake wall so he can hide in the bank for a week yeah. which is wild um and the, the last scene i have on my list and i know you have some because there's a million scenes is the riddle scene where he offers him more time and then so that's that's okay by itself it's decent but then after, so, you know, he's like, Denzel's like, I have the answer. And they're like, well, wait, wait, I'll call you back. Just hangs up immediately. No. And then they get the right answer that they weigh the same. They both weigh nothing, basically, because it's a trick question. And then Defoe and everybody arguing about how the bank robber should have been more specific in his word choice. And he wasn't asking the question that the right way. Because they were all just arguing about who was right after. <laughs> During a bank hostage negotiation. Just great stuff. Yeah. Did we did we figure out what what that was like what the what he actually meant? Um, I mean that he it's I mean we assume that they gave the right answer because he didn't not give them more time, but also he wanted to stall, so he probably would have come up with a reason to give them more time anyway. But I think we are supposed to believe that was the right answer for what the robber had in mind, at least. Mm-hmm. But was he thinking, because it was like, uh, they started talking about Grand Central Terminal, but yeah. then the the subway went through it, I don't know. Yeah, he was like, how many, yeah. I think it was probably just like, maybe a signifier that Clive Owen's character isn't from the city, because he got the verbiage wrong. Oh, okay. Maybe, I'm, or maybe it was just like, he said it wrong. I don't know. Um, did you have any other scenes that I missed? Um, I like the one where he was talking to bring the bank manager there what was it Hammond some, something Hammond and um oh the uh mm-hmm. all the phones yeah and then he just doesn't give up his phone he starts going through uh Vicker starts going not Vicker 
Dalton goes starts going through all like the other phones looking in the yeah. contact for him. And um <laughs> like he ends up finding the phone. What was the song? It was Gold Digger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's his ringtone. And then um he like goes into the office manager's office and he's like doing those hand motions. He's like playing it out like, oh, uh-huh. how do I handle this? Just making it all dramatic and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then he does, he ends up beating the shit out of him. Yep. That was a cool scene. Yeah, he's like, don't um, worry about it, bud. Slaps, gives him a nice little pat on the face and goes yeah. to the office. He's like, ah, ah, ah. And then comes out very abrupt, grabs him, beats him up. Yeah, and then that's when Vicar hands up the hands up the key. Mm-hmm. And then the little the kid ends up, he, he held out his PSP. Yep. <laughs> he says, not nah, keep it. He said, you're going to be bored. Cool. Russell's a good guy. He's just misunderstood. No, he is. He's like he is a he is a good guy. He's doing his um, thing. He's not a martyr. He's he knows that. Right. He's, he's, he's a criminal. He wants money, and mm-hmm. he's he's like you know he doesn't kill anybody. He only beats people up. But they do a good job where it's like he only beats up one person, right? Yeah, they fake the other one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's what I want. I want to make sure of that. Um. But yeah. So it's like there's this interesting thing where it's like Russell is basically just ripping off an evil person. So and he's really charming. So you're kind of rooting for him. But they do yeah. a good job of showing you the trauma that the witnesses or the hostages are going through the whole time and how scared they are the entire time. Mm-hmm. So you don't really feel sympathetic for the bank robbers at the same time. No, like, it's you like just see how much that I do like everyone else. I like, you know, wouldn't care about. Right, right, right. Um, he's like, he's like an antihero, right? Is that how you would? I don't think so. I think he's a bad guy. He's just he made a good plan to rip off someone so that we're. So like he wouldn't be pursued, because like he the pain he puts he puts people to real pain. You know what I mean? Like they're very scared for that entire time. Was that just like a one night thing? I think yeah, it's like like eighteen hours day. or something though. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. Because yeah. it seemed like the bank was like I don't know if just open, but it, yeah, it was, it, was, it was at least the day. Yeah, it was morning. I would say. Yeah, tough, tough beat for those people but like we said that to sue the pants off new york city so they're good yeah it's not bad even the, the uh one of the guys the uh professor at columbia or nyu who is revealed to be part of the heist mm-hmm. he even says to he, he says like right? uh what would you say he was he, he knew all about the diamonds he had yes then. that's one of my questions at the end yeah. um but yeah so he's talking to one of the hostages and she's like can i sue anybody for this and he's like oh yeah sure and that's before they all get shot so <laughs> boom nice uh did you have any other scenes you wanted to bring up um just those like those scenes where they were like kind of like goes into playing into like the distress that these hostages are in yeah um, where they were switching them up, bringing them to different rooms. Like mm-hmm. I liked seeing that, just because like you're you're seeing the plan play out too. Yes. So those scenes were the very cool to me. Yeah, it's also that... cool. You see how they disguise all the robbers as hostages, like so that everybody sees somebody who meets the description of a hostage carry out the robbery, and vice versa. Like they see, like they make the one guy who turns out to be a robber, like, be very loudly anti-robber and then get beat up mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then they grab the uh, hostage with big boobs and they call her boobs the whole time so that they know that the hostage has big boobs and it's not just a robber. Like, stuff like that. Like, they're very... And they make everyone wear the same outfit and all that stuff. Oh. Like, they do a great job of getting all the hostages to meet up. Yeah. And then they um they, they pushed uh, boobs into the door. She hit her head. Yep. That was funny. Like, that's why it's like for those guys, it's like, you know, they're just pieces of shit. Yeah. For Dalton, it's like, I'm totally rooting for the guy. That's just because he's that's just because the actor's more charming than the other ones. True. And the other ones don't really say much like the that one guy, pretty much his half of his dialogue was saying boobs. Yeah. Um, They they all remind me. And I think this is intentional for them and everyone else in the movie. Is uh in I know you haven't seen it, but in New Girl, there's an episode where they go to New York City, and the lead is like in a deli, and she just says, "Oh, what a New York character about someone," and that's like everyone in the movie. So they're like, oh, what a New York character because they're all uh, gra- okay. like real New Yorkers. It feels like. Sure, I have seen New Girl, but like not that episode. That's like one of the last seasons. I felt like. Yeah, I didn't make it far. 
Yeah. That brings us to the next category, best character. I only wrote two down, but it's very loaded. It's like I feel like any of the top sits really. So we could go Dalton Russell, we could go Detective, Keith Frazier, we could go with uh Arthur Tace, aka our boy Christopher Plummer, friend of the show, R.I.P. He's in this, he's in Knives Out, he's in National Treasure. What more do yeah. you need? What more do you need? That's yeah, like no. for the high T obsessed, like Triple Crown, that's pretty high up there for like a stretch <laughs> of three movies you'd be in. Um, I had, I guess we could do, we haven't talked about her enough, but Madeline, the Madeline White, the Fitzer, um, Jodie Foster, Jodie Foster. Yep. You know, she is, she comes in and that's like any other actress. You probably don't remember her in this movie because she's, you know, very great actress. One of the most like highly regarded, she comes in for like a pretty small part. And just comes in pitching 100 miles per hour, going off, going toe-to-toe with everybody. That's one of the cool things. Like, everyone in this movie is a heavy hitter. Like everyone right. That, they're just true. all going off. I think <laughs> um, all six of the top, like, leading people, William, Willem Dafoe, Edge of Ford, Washington, Foster, Plummer, and Russell, uh, and uh, Owen, they all have Academy Award nominations. Damn. If not awards. So, like, that's pretty big. Yeah, no, I didn't. I actually didn't really piece together the the cast that they assembled for this until yeah. just now. I have more on that in the tidbits and stuff, but it's just like it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot. I mean, I'll step on it now. A lot of it is because they all just wanted to work with Spike Lee because he's awesome, type of thing. So I think it's everyone's pretty cool of the top sets. I think it's a two horse race though between Frazier and Russell. I would agree. And it's just, you know, I don't know if we can actually pit one, but it probably depends what time. It probably changes every time you watch the movie. Yeah. Type of thing. <laughs> I would say this time, having watched it like four times this month and two or three times this week, I'm more on Frazier's side just because like seeing this heinous bank robbery over and over, it's kind of tough. <laughs> no, see, I feel like I've... I've like shifted the more I've seen it, the more I'm with uh, Russell. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you know he's ripping off a he's ripping off a war criminal. Yeah, like, I mean, like, how he did pull I, off a very good ripping off a war criminal, and and sure, these people, you know, they they went through distress for what ten hours. They could I'm, sue I would say sixteen. Like, I don't. It's tough for me to feel bad for these guys. They are. Yeah, that's true. They are definitely getting like at least tens of thousands of dollars out of this, right? And then maybe that's more. A day like, off from work. Got <laughs> a day off from work. That's true. That's true. They got pizza. They got sandwiches. Uh, that kid's gonna have a cool story. Like he's gonna go back to school. And no one's gonna believe him. He's. he's oh like, yeah. But... Also, I, I did want to bring that up. That's a cool scene too. That is I yeah. Like seeing, because that like it helps you relate to. Um, Dalton Russell. Yeah, and then the little bit, the best part of that scene is when he's like, let's go, like, finish your pizza. I have to talk to your dad about this game. <laughs> yeah, the violence, I know. He's like, this is Adeline. This is, ter- what is this guy doing with this kid? Come on now. <laughs> and we weren't getting either when, you know, earlier on, if, you know, hopefully you did turn it off if you were, if you haven't seen it. But I mean, this is like, I would absolutely recommend this to like everyone. Yes. And, this comes like so highly recommended when I when I do. Yeah, it's like you have to check this out. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's why we're talking about it, baby. Okay, so notable quotes. We were talking a little bit about this off air. It seems like there should be more than there are because everybody is a heavy hitter and everyone's really cool in this movie. But there, when you try to think of a quote, it's harder. Than some because like I remember when we did Knives Out we had like twenty quotes each it felt like right there so it's is, like yeah. a very quotable and then this one it's more just like the way like Denzel Washington saying don't bullshit a bullshitter is so cool but then like any other time any other person saying it, it's like oh the kind of lame that I've heard that a million times but when he says it it's the coolest thing anyone has ever right. said right yeah it is it's a lot of it a lot of like the good content is within the context right. It's it is it was kind of tough. Like I didn't have, um, I didn't have many quotes mm-hmm. just because like when I was going through, I was like, 
that's a cool like that that's so cool how they how that was said but i don't know one of them i got was it was in that scene with the um with the kid and um fraser or dalton russell mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was just so like just a very casual conversation that those two were having it was after he said finish up that pizza mm-hmm. and then he goes um dalton russell says you'll be home soon then the kid just responds like that's what's up <laughs> and like it's cool it's like like i said it's like kind of tough to pull this stuff but within the context it's just like this kid is just straight up hanging out he thinks yeah. that he's the coolest guy ever yeah that and little kid like that role could have gone terribly like that little kid was good at acting because almost yeah. any like most children at child actors that would have been super cringy everything he said but he it was just great that little kid good job yeah. by him good job by him wonder what he's up to <laughs> i'm sure we did him on we'll do him on see what's up uh i had the opening one obviously the opening quote from russell which i'm just gonna play because i don't want to butcher it even though i already did in the beginning but we'll play that put that in in post my name is dalton russell pay strict attention to what i say because i choose my words carefully and i never repeat myself i've told you my name that's the who the where could most readily be described as a prison cell but there's a vast difference between being stuck in a tiny cell and being in prison the what is easy Recently, I planned and set in motion events to execute the perfect bank robbery. That's also the when. As for the why, beyond the obvious financial motivation, it's exceedingly simple. Because I can. Which leaves us only with the how. And therein, as the bard would tell us, lies the rub. Um, another one from Russell talking about the diamonds. He says, unfortunately, the further you run from your sins, the more exhausted you are when they catch up with you. And they do. Uh, he has another one about uh, covering up the stink of the sins, but like they always start to smell type of thing. When people ask him about how he knows about the diamonds. I think this one is 100% just in the context, but it's when Denzel leaves his meeting with Arthur Case. And he's going to meet with the mayor. He comes in. And the guy's like, do you have an appointment? He's like, I'm looking for the mayor. And the major D comes up. He's like, may I take your hat, sir? Or may, he say, may I have your hat, please? No, you cannot get your own. Incredible. Incredible stuff from Denzel. <laughs> it is. It's just like those little comments. There's a lot of them. Yes. Like, Jodie Foster was described to her face. As a magnificent, yes, we're gonna bleep <laughs> that out though. In in like it's just all within the context. Yes, it's so good. Yes, Jodie Foster. Yeah, all her scenes are cool because she just like pisses everyone off basically, and it's just like going at everyone. So it's just cool. Yeah, you described it perfectly. She's going at like a hundred miles an hour mm-hmm. the whole entire time she's on screen. Mm-hmm. And it's like the only time that she was ever not like in control was when she was talking to um Dal- uh, I keep wanting to call him Fraser Dalton Russell yeah and um that's like the only time because she didn't know what was in the box. Well, also when she tries to blackmail Fraser with the like the money thing, the missing one hundred forty thousand dollars, and he's like. Like, I know what I did and what I didn't do. I don't need your help. Like, you know, I already, I you, you can't pin that on me. Like, you can't get me with that. I didn't do anything, which was cool. Yeah. Like, that was, it's a cool thing where, like, Denzel isn't really an embattled cop. He's just, like, a normal cop. And he's just, like, a normal guy that's funny and charming. So we don't have to, like, he has no baggage that we have to worry about. Like, he's not an no. alcoholic. He's not, like, a drug dealer on the side, like, in training day. Like, it's, he's, he's just a, yeah, he's just, like, a normal cop good guy type of thing he just has a little bit of family drama going on and we all do <laughs> everyone does yeah um i'm gonna skip the nets tatador in the list for now okay do what you gotta do man all right so we're gonna go with we have some questions because i think it fits nets we were just talking about detective keith frazier is he a good cop is he a good detective is he good at his job 
I would say ultimately, yes. I would say so. He's dotted. He's determined. You know, he doesn't give up. Everyone says drop the taste. He busts it wide open, gets Arthur Taste busted for 80-year-old cold taste war crime. That's big time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's definitely got the drive. Yeah. Like, he had that one, he had that conversation with um, his major or whatever, where he was, uh, he, he said, oh, you know, they, they found where all that money was, wherever. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, he's like, oh, is it my wallet? Is, yeah. it, is it in my account? Is it in my house in the Hamptons? Yeah. And then, uh, and then he, he was like, no, I, I don't care where it is because this guy just told him you can't keep working on the case. Yeah. And so he gave him a little fuck you at the, with that. Yep. I mean, the dude has drive. Yes. And, and he, has, he definitely wants to get that job done. He has charisma. He's got swag. For this, and he got, he got the promotion from the mayor for letting mm-hmm. Jodie Foster in the bank. So, you know, that's cool. Um, another thing we left out of best quotes is when he says, I think he says it to the mayor. He's like, there's a saying when there's blood on the street, someone's got to go to the jail. That's yeah, kinda, that's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was cool. It's basically, Hey, you got to leave, bud. <laughs> all good stuff. All good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So one that I didn't notice until, I listened to that podcast about it, and it, I feel like you should have. I should have because they tell you how. But how did Russell know about the diamonds? And then it's because of that uh, Jewish attorney slash professor who looks up war crimes, and it's just like a quick scene. So it's not like other movies would have made it obvious. I think that he was why they would have made like a bigger deal about him teaching about genocide at Columbia or NYU or wherever. Uh, and then you see him in the van after the heist, and you're like. Oh, but I don't know why. Like, I just never made that connection. I thought there was... I thought he was the rabbi and that there was a different... I thought there were two Jewish people in the bank, basically. And I, never, I didn't put the two together for some reason. But that's okay. that's how he knows about the diamonds, is that guy figured it out somehow. Right. Um, why didn't Case destroy the proof that he worked with Nazis? Why didn't he just destroy it? Or the diamonds themselves, like, sell them. He's clearly, he doesn't need those diamonds. Like, destroy all of it, or at the very least, destroy the proof that they came from Nazis. Because, like, how, like, launder them through the criminal, like, do anything besides keep them in an unmarked safety deposit box that you don't have a record of. Which is suspicious in and of itself. Right. Like, just do any, basically do any, keep them into your house. (laughs) Like, do anything else besides what he did with them. Put them in the Hudson River. Yeah. Um, how bad? Yeah, and I don't think that we really. Oh, you don't. You we don't. aren't given that insight. I think. On, I mean, it's um, it's because he's guilty. He feels bad about it. He regrets it, and I, I feel like at some yeah. level he wants to be caught. Like they say, he try. He's been trying his whole life to buy a soul back. Right, and yeah, he's so not I think. Even close to that. Yeah, I feel like that that would probably best explain it. Yeah, I think that's why, but it's just, you know, we gotta, we gotta talk about it, we gotta hash it out. How bad did Dalton Russell smell? Like, how did he get out of the bank unscathed? Is that just, like, it's a New York City thing and people don't look? But, like... Well, there was, when he was walking down the stairs leaving, mm-hmm. there was that one woman who was walking up, mm-hmm. and she stops and turns around and looks at him. Okay. And it's, like, I feel like, uh, like, at that moment... Like, I, I, that's why I was like, oh, shit, is he going to get caught? Yeah, I mean, he literally bumps into Frazier. And I guess right. because Frazier is so determined about the safety deposit bots, he doesn't think about it. But he must reek, and he bumped into you, I feel like. And, like, you know, Frazier's in his nice tan suit. He's got the hat on. He's looking good. I'd be pissed right. off. Right. This homeless guy. Yeah. Bumping into you. Giving you a hard time. Yep. Yeah, no, I know. And I did think that, too. So... Is this what, is that what the, the, cause they call it a shithole. Yes. That they, that they buried. Yeah. That I noticed that. I think so. Cause I did have, where did he go to the bathroom on the list? But then I noticed uh-huh. this, the most recent time that they slam a hole in the ground and say, that's a nice looking shithole or something. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so that must be where they're, where he's going to take his shit. But cause... where did this go? <laughs> like they just put a hole in the floor, basically. I think that it just dropped it down. So like maybe you could cover it up with something. Okay, weird. I, guess I know. I... Well, yeah, because it literally just was like through the floor. Yeah. And, and it... 
Hopefully, Russell like, dropped. Maybe hopefully, hopefully Russell's not committed another crime because that room is filled with his DNA. So if it, like if his DNA is on file, he's fucked. As soon as they discover that other wall, like as soon as they discover the false That's wall, true. they're gonna be like, oh wow, this must be where the guy who led the heist hid. Get all the DNA fingerprints, and so if they have anything, like he's going to jail, unless he's just like deep and on the lamb, and he really is in a hot tub somewhere tropical with six girls named Amber and Tiffany, sucking down peanut coladas. <laughs> that was a pretty good. That was a good scene. That too. was a fantastic exchange between the two. Uh-huh. That's just like those two. It was great. The last question I have, I don't know if you have more. Do we think that Bin Laden's nephew gets the apartment that he wants? Is he able to buy that apartment? I mean, he's got a sick reference. He has a great reference, but uh, Madeline does have to put him, report him for war crimes because Frazier blackmailed her, basically. So she does have to get him arrested for war crimes. Um, hope, I mean, maybe she gets him to do the reference before, and then they get Bin Laden's nephew his apartment. <laughs> we'll see, I guess, you know. No yeah. contact with his uncle, though. God bless. Trying to do the right thing. I think that that would be the. There's been, you know, one of. I think it was Spike Lee's most successful movie, almost $200 million at the bots office in 2006. No sequel. There's like a weird Inside Man, Most Wanted, that's a straight to Netflix type thing, straight to DVD. And it's supposed to be terrible. Uh, But I think the sequel would have been Madeline getting Bin Laden's nephew the apartment. Would have focused on her. I think so. That's what I want to see. I want to see how she pulled that off. Like, what's his, what's his relationship with the HOA? What's going on there? Like, does he fit into, like, and then I think it becomes a rom-com after he gets the place. That's Spike Lee. If you're listening, you can have that idea. You can have that plot. Um, here's another question. Okay, so we go to 2006. And I wanted to be like, how did this movie not get nominated for an Oscar? How did this movie not win the Oscar? It's incredible. 2006, another one of our favorites. The Departed. So it's kind of hard. We can't really go to bat for this one too much, I don't think, because we both love The, the Departed. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. It's tough. And they're similar. You know, they probably cancel each other out. But anyway. They're similar, but they are very different. Like... Yes. Yeah. I just meant like over big picture, with especially back then. This is before. The... That's Spike Lee? Yes. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. The Departed is Scorsese. Scorsese. Yeah, I was going to say. I meant um, this is Spike Lee. But... Uh, the Academy Awards back then, I think they had limited the categories way more than they do now with how many nominees. Because after Dark Knight, there was a lot of outcry about how Dark Knight wasn't even nominated for Best Picture. So they expanded how many uh, movies they could nominate for Best Picture and stuff like that. So I think it probably would have been nominated had it come after they had expanded the categories more. Um, But anyway... That's that for us. So next category, coming in hot slash scene stealer. So Detective Bill Mitchell is Edge of Forest character. Um, And I don't know if he qualifies as a scene stealer, but he might. I think he's definitely trying to be. And I don't know if he pulls it off, but I think because I notice him trying to be, he does also pull it off at the same time. But he has a few times where he dials it up when he's like, here we go. It's the fucking show, baby. Like stuff like that. He's going for it. I feel like you see a lot of it in those uh, interrogation scenes, yeah. too. Yeah. And then after... Like, because you mentioned that it was uh, improv. Yes. So, like, he, like he's really... Feel like, he's like, all right, like, I can show him what I got. Which is him using his uh, big old eyes to, like, stare at women's breasts. He uses his eyes very well in those. Not just at staring at the breasts, but just, like, he's very expressive, I feel like. Okay. Just with just his eyes. Yeah. Because they kind of, like, focus on, like, a pretty close-up of, like, his face. Yeah. Yeah. I I know what you're talking about, because there's, like, some scenes where they are kind of, like, exaggerating the Mm -hmm. way that his eyes. Yeah. There's a lot with that. Um, Another one that's one I think probably wins is Denzel's hat at the end of the movie. Kind of hard to top. um, The waiter there asking if he may take it. Yeah. But just, like, in general, the hat is just popping. When he, he has it on for like those two scenes, one with Arthur Case, I think he takes it off when he's going at him. Um, another scene stealer is the lady who speaks Albanian, that guy's that's wife. She comes in, like I said, she's smoking. She's got the bag, the bag filled with parking tickets, like 
So many parking tickets in there. Um, her ex-husband, I think, also scene stealer. Great guy, the construction yeah. worker. Is he? Yeah, because he they walk in and they start telling him, "Oh, you told us you can." I don't speak can... Albanian. <laughs> and he's not even. Yeah, he's just giving him attitude about it. I too. never fucking said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all the all the people that are interrogated too, basically, like the Asian guy who's looking at the lady's boobs, the lady who's getting her boobs looked at. This guy, asshole. <laughs> like they're all just <laughs> dialing it up. It's awesome. I got a question because they did narrow it down to those two women. Yes. And then you think maybe they would they, lean on them a little harder. Right. Like definitely arrest both of them. That's that was my one question where it's like, all right, let's figure let's get some more information out of yes. this guy. It's like we know one of them definitely was involved in this bank robbery. Right. <laughs> definitely like let's look into them a little bit more. <laughs> I guess because I so I guess what happens is uh, oh, uh, I skipped a question for the questions we have that I haven't. Uh, what did Denzel, what is Detective Keith Frazier, what does he do with the diamond that Russell gives him? Does he turn it in? Does he bring it? To, no, definitely not. Does he just like bring no. it to, get, like, does he get that whole thing affixed onto a ring for his girlfriend? Does he, 100%. does he pawn it? You saw, saw the look on his face. He was happy. But like my question, like, does he pawn it? keep some of the money and then buy a lesser ring or does he just get that diamond put on a ring if he was a cheap fuck like me he might be that's what i think like all he care- he's talking a lot about money you know that's a really good idea it would be to pawn it off <laughs> but then like he's already got the money thing like he- i know he's cleared of that but you don't think people got an eye out on him all of a sudden he's got a missing diamond everybody dropped the case i think it's like russell trying to put him in a sketchy situation with that uh-huh. And then also, no, he him. he's got the brother-in-law, who, or the future brother-in-law, who's a criminal, but he's an idiot criminal, so he can't even be like, hey, buddy, like, hook, like get this pawned off for me. Like, get this, because that guy's a moron. Like, he's probably going to no, get right. caught or something. Uh-huh. So, what happens? I just, I'm curious. I feel like the safest bet is just to get that put on a ring, that exact diamond. Uh, yes, that would be, and I mean, it would be, you know. And be like, hey, just keep it quiet. Like don't don't flash it at the station. She's also a cop. Like just wear it with your when you're with your girlfriends, and that's it. No, then he's de- no, he's got to get this shit. I off. it's tough. Does he? If that's the case. It's what he's got it because I forgot that she's a cop. Is this an uncut gems crossover? Does he take it to Adam Sandler to Howie <laughs> Howard, our guy? I feel I feel like that's see. This is why Chris should have been on. Chris would have known. Tris is who yeah. phone him in. Tris is this diamond in Uncut Gems. Is that one of the diamonds? Damn. Oh, man. Is Uncut Gems the sequel? <laughs> yeah, right. These are good questions. These are good questions. Yeah. Anyway, that's all the questions we have. Moving on. Blah, 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 blah. Um, okay. Do you have any more scene stealers? I feel like you would think if you just looked at the cast, you'd be like, okay, Willem Dafoe has to be a scene stealer. They give him nothing to do. He has like one or two exchanges that are kind of funny, but he's not, you don't really notice him. Anyone else should have played that role. Yeah, I uh, I actually noted him as someone that like I would want to replace. Okay. Um, not just, just because like, I like Willem Dafoe. Right. I, uh, it's just like, I you just... can't have him do literally, like, give him at least one more scene where he's an asshole or like really weird or something. Right. Like, like, I, I actually forgot that he was in this movie since the last time I seen it. Yeah. And I, like when I when I first when I rewatched it for this, I was like, oh yeah, that's right, Willem Dafoe. Right. He has like one and a half scenes where he's an asshole. So the first scene he's an asshole, and then he apologizes like a couple right. minutes later, and then at the end he's kind of an asshole, but you can understand why because he's been dealing with the siege for like two days or for like a whole day. And it's like, we got to end this type of thing. Right. I let this guy there, play kind of loose with the rules with the book. Killed. Yeah. 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 So it's just like anyone could have been in that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, but was there anyone notable? I, did. I feel like the Albanian lady wins for me. Yeah. I feel like 
I mean, she she does take over the room. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's a room with Defoe, with Edge of Four, with Washington, with like everyone in that place, and she just commands it. Uh huh. And um, yeah, like she just she it's like doubled up. She's mm-hmm. like those parking tickets before she yep. translates. <laughs> oh yeah i feel like especially because she knew that it was a wild goose chase like she kind of knew like they're, pro- they're gonna be pissed off so I, sh- I better get this confirmed that we're gonna get this taken care of before i piss <laughs> them off because before she was having fun but like she's like okay this is definitely not what they're looking for so they're gonna be all pissed right she yeah she uh she i'm sure she knew that immediately <laughs> yeah um okay so for this we have a new category for these heist movies and it's if you could add any character from another heist or crime movie into this one, who would it be and why? And you know, we don't always have to do it, but I think it'll be fun when it hits this one. I felt like was kind of hard to introduce a new character because everyone's such a heavy hitter. And it's like, I feel like this is a little bit different than most heist movies. because it's all very contained and there's so many different plots going on. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it'd be kind of weird because, you know, I always want to add Sergeant Nicholas Angel to these things, figure out where he would be. I feel like we could get him in here. He could be Defoe's part. I feel like he could be in there. And because he's, he's leaving the SWAT, you know, I feel like he could definitely be in there. He's going to be an okay. asshole. He's going to rub everyone the wrong way. But why is this fucking British guy here? It'll be great. I, <laughs> I do like that. Um... I was thinking replacing one of the robbers. Um, okay. But also, I was like, I didn't know if it would work. Like, right, because we don't need more from them, really. I Yeah, like, I think that my thought was, I was like, all right, well, I would like to see more dynamic on that side. But then I was thinking about it, I was like, I actually don't. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually, I, I actually like that they are kind of un... Like, they don't say much. Yeah, and then also um, if it... <laughs> If they were more famous, you'd be like, oh, they're definitely involved in this heist. Like, if they were more famous actors or something, which I know isn't really this category, but just something else. No, right, right. Totally, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I feel like he stands good alone. I feel like getting Chris Angel in there, or not Chris Chris Angel. (laughs) Mind freak. (laughs) Um, I don't... Otherwise, I don't know who, because it is a heavy hitter cast. Yeah, like nobody. I I think that Jodie Foster was perfect. Yeah, yes. Like, I, I couldn't think of anyone to replace her. Yeah, especially because like, all, I feel like most of the Fitzers, besides like Olivia Pope and Scandal, are men. It's like the Wolf from Pope Fiction. It's like it's people like that, like people who just come in and white, erase things, deal with the problem. So it's kind of like, it's hard to picture yeah. someone. And she has like a weird sexuality to her performance, I feel like. She's like almost flirting with everyone, but not really. It's just right. like there's that weirdness to her. So it'd be yeah. like, there, uh, there's a physicality at least, I guess, that would be hard to duplicate. Maybe this isn't a crime movie really, but this is a wild card. But Elle Woods from Legally Blonde in that role, that could be crazy. That one's over my head. You haven't seen Legally Blonde? I don't think I have. Oh, okay. Um, I feel like that would work, though. Just as, like, it'd be completely different, and I, don't, I wouldn't want it at all. But it's similar, kind of. Like, she could be Elle Woods 50 years down the line. Not 50, that's out of line. 20 years down the line. <laughs> no offense, Jodie Foster. Sorry. Sorry! But yeah, this is a tough one for this. But We're sorry. It's a tough one to start out a new category with. Uh, if you haven't seen Hot Fuzz, watch it. It's awesome. It slaps. Also, mm-hmm. though, if Nicholas Angel is in here, he he ends the heist single-handedly so fast. He's just in there, you know? He's a physical freak. Fastest man Rolling in around. London PD history. Great guy. No. OP. Yeah. OP. I mean, there's only four of them. He could easily. Yeah. I mean, he took down a whole village entire village he had danny but you know he didn't do this i believe in him god bless i did i want to i want to bring this up okay there's another quote um it's when denzel comes out of the the bank after he had just talked to our boy and i keep wanting to call him frazier (laughs) 
Um, he says, he says, I got him right where I want him, right behind me with his pants around his ankles. <laughs> and it's like, because like he did just got he got fucked in that. Scene. Yes. Um, and I feel like that was that's like uh, that's just a good quote. Yes. Like that's a and uh, Mitchell Bill Mitchell's reaction too when he's like Jesus. <laughs> like, oh my god we're cooked that, uh, yeah I think they do a really good job with that where it's like Denzel basically knows he's in over his head but he's still doing his best like he's not like I don't know I just think it's really cool that he doesn't figure it out in the end and he like he know well he does figure it out at the very end but like he doesn't stop the heist or anything like everything goes off basically without a hitch but at the same time he knows he is behind like he's like this guy has to drop on me He's two steps ahead. I can't catch up, but he knows he can't catch up at the same time type of thing. And then he ends up taking down Case instead of Russell. You know what I mean? Like, so I just thought that Wait, was really cool. I guess, I guess to your answer, your question from earlier, mm-hmm. is he a good detective? He would have to turn in the, the diamond somehow. Yes. Because then at that point, he now knows he was. He has been hanging out in this bank somewhere. Yes, and he also knows they have him on. Like he's got to be on camera bumping into him. So they. I mean, you know, he's a guy Yankees cap. They can get his build at least. Mm-hmm. And then they know his DNA's in there. There's cameras. It's a bank. Right, but then also I just like you know it's New York City. The it's not like they have an APB out on this guy. They have no idea what he looks like. They. Um. So like he he almost definitely has left the city by now. Like they, he's already gone through the rings. Yeah. Because he's been out all day when he gets back. He's, like, exhausted, end of a long day. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I feel like he probably would. But at the same time, we know, like, he's not some Boy Scout. Like, he got his promotion out of this whole situation. Right. And he doesn't, he doesn't, he goes against the book a few times during the hostage negotiation. Like, he's, he's just trying, he tries to do the right thing. But I think, you know, we see he's basically willing to let Russell go. Because he's got a different bad guy in case who's the real bad guy. Okay. So I think, I don't know if that filters into the diamond thing at all, but I do think he's like, he understands the bigger picture at stake, I guess. And that, because that was, that's the whole point is that nobody wants these diamonds. So that's why they're fair game to steal because plumber's not going to cause a fuss. And because like the mayor's like, he knows that they're going to bury this basically. But yeah, do we want to do the spin the wheel, choose a new director? Do you want to just see who it is and then decide? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got Shane Black, who directed The Nice Guys. Um, he directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So instantly, one difference would be this would be set in New York or in Los Angeles. It'd probably be Christmas time. Is that a is that a theme? He he did it in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I think, and then also in Iron Man Three interesting that's weird mm-hmm. not weird but interesting. It, uh, maybe predator too or predators whichever one he directed the newest one that's bad um i think Is that might have been winter one? it might have been it might be winter let me look this. what's this guy's thing with winter all Dude right loves christmas what do you want from him? um but yeah i think that it'd probably be christmas time i think I think Frazier and the bank robber would be working together somehow. Like, they would be working together to bring down Case would be the plot instead of the bank robbery. Okay. Maybe the bank robbery probably happened in the first 15 minutes, and then the plot after that is trying to bring down Arthur Case and trying to convince Madeline White that he's the bad guy. And that's what happens. There also would be exposed boobies. That was a sight um, reference. That's why I said it like that, everybody. Okay. <laughs> I feel like what else? What else would would we see Nixon? <laughs> Maybe I I would love Denzel to get some Shane Black dialogue. That would be awesome. Not like that Spike Lee does anything wrong. He's a great writer, great director. Or he didn't write this movie, but great director. And Denzel makes everything cool. But like, just him saying some of the quotes from like the nice guys would be incredible. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think Denzel's ever been in a bad movie. I mean, I think he has been, but because he's in them, you're like, this is awesome. Right, yeah, no. That's, yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Because you're just like, okay, the rest of this movie sucks, but everything Denzel's doing is awesome. (laughs) 
He's in, uh, I think, Magnificent Seven, which is very boring besides what he's doing. Oh, he's in that? Yeah, and that's like a Western action Western movie, and it's boring. Isn't it like, uh, I thought it was, I always thought that was a spinoff from, not spinoff, um, like almost like a mock of um, Hateful Eight? Uh, no, that this, the Magnificent Seven is like a remake of a old Western. And it's, that's yeah. a remake of Seven Samurais, a Japanese samurai movie, obviously. But it's like, this, yeah, it, that's like one of the great sort of archetypes and stories of Western storytelling type of thing. What, the Japanese one? The Seven Samurais, yeah. That's like a big thing. Oh. But then also like the Magnificent Seven. It's like a big oh, okay. touchstone throughout. Like a lot of stories. I think even like... um. Star Wars borrows from that a lot. Okay. Well, I've been wrong before, so. All right. Last category we got here, tidbits. These are some odds and ends, some things we didn't really think fit into the other categories, but also some trivia about the movie, stuff like that. So, a lot of the people in this movie are in it because they wanted to work with Spike Lee. Uh, The biggest one is Defoe, who they were in a bathroom at uh, Julius Caesar, a play that was going on in New York City at the time, and it's like intermission, and Spike Lee was like, hey, we should work together. Defoe was like, yeah, we should, and then they wrote him into this movie. Type of thing. Uh, both, so Denzel was offered both lead parts, and he turned down Russell because he didn't want to be in a mask and sunglasses so much. Okay. And uh, Clive Owen almost turned down the movie for the same role. For the same reason. He didn't want to be covered up so much. Because it's like hard to like relate to the character. He thought it would hamper his acting, basically. And people thought he did a bad job. So they added in like the scene of the beginning where you see his face and a couple other ones. Okay. I think that that was definitely... That's good that they show us his face. Yes. Gotta Otherwise, see those... you have no idea. Like I wouldn't know what to think of him. Exactly. You gotta see the charming swagger and all that stuff. Otherwise, you're just like, fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. This is probably maybe should have been in a question. But I think it fits here still. Um, what happened to Clive Owen? Like, what's his deal? Why isn't he a superstar? He does Chain Arthur in 2004. That's like the considered, besides Monty Python and the Holy Grail, like the only good Chain Arthur movie. He plays Chain Arthur. That's big. He's in Sin City. Then... 2006, he does Inside Man and Children of Men, which is, like, incredible. And Children of Men is really good. Both are awesome movies and, like, really great parts, really great roles. Okay. Uh, And then he does, you know, some movies that shoot him up, Elizabeth. Uh, Then just, like, some random movies. And then from 2010 on, it's, like, a ton of movies I've never heard of. And it's like, what's what's going on, my guy? It's. I mean, he yeah. lost out to trade on James Bond, and if he was James Bond, then it's probably like we do a weird flip of their careers. Um, but Daniel Craig is like the best James Bond we've had, so it's hard to be like, I wish Clive Owen was James Bond instead. Right. No offense to Sean Connery, but like, you know. Is that when? So like, do you think that that was, that was like his last like... I mean, it might have been, because this is right in that same... Shot? I think he'll probably, he's 56 now, he'll probably get, like, his version of Taken or something, and then he'll be in that sort of lane again, maybe, but I don't know. It's just, it seems like we've wasted him. Yeah, because I was, like, I was trying to think, too, because I've seen his face before, and obviously from watching the movie, Mm -hmm. and I was trying to think if I ever seen him in anything else. Like, I don't, I haven't seen Children of Men. Okay. That's really good. And I was like, no, I don't know if this guy is in anything else. Like, I was thinking maybe another heist movie, but I was like, no, it can't be. Like, he's I, in... I just couldn't think of it. So, and I would agree. I think that he was wasted because I, I, you know, he plays a good role in this. Yeah. One. I feel like he probably, like, he got market corrected by Daniel Craig. Like, he just, there's only so much appetite for suave British men of that age type of thing, you know? He should have been like... Sure. And then, what are we going to do? Make a different British spy movie? No. That won't work. Right. In this... So, he does a fake accent a couple times in this movie. 
and specifically in the beginning when he puts the gun and then throughout i guess he's just like sort of has an american accent but it's right like he doesn't have a british accent in his no in his um opening monologue it was a pretty standard but it feels american like accent. it feels like someone doing an american accent i feel like at the same time but that might just be because i know he's not american and like you see his face right away i don't know that might mm-hmm. just be a me thing but um so right now he's in impeachment american crime story i didn't know he was british okay so you yeah. okay uh right now he's in impeachment american crime story as bill clinton which i don't know i don't like it really he doesn't i don't get bill clinton vibes from him at all Clive Owen? Yeah. Is it's Bill Clinton, Clinton. yeah. That's a, yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if, yeah, I would have to see it, but it doesn't sound like it would work like a whole lot. And it's like, why? Because like, it doesn't even look like Clinton. I know. Here's my thing. Like, if it wasn't a story about how Bill Clinton is a sleazeball to say, it's like to be nice, I guess. Um, maybe it could work you know like if it was like oh here's like there's um these weird books about obama and joe biden fighting crime together so if it was like that type of story about bill clinton if it was presidential deathmatch bill clinton uh or raid in order bill clinton for the special guest episode with herbert walter bush or no just w it's clinton and w sorry guys anyway um if he was that version of bill clinton yes that would work that would be great but real bill clinton just yeah. being sketchy and like I don't. Maybe it works. I just I can't like picture it. You don't like it. For, you don't like it for him. I don't like it for him. I would like. I mean, like you know, I would like someone a little skinnier. I feel like a little like I don't want. I don't want him to look like Bill. Like I feel like Bill Clinton shouldn't look like he could fuck you up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like Clive Owen just looks like that. Like Clive Owen looks like he can fight. I don't feel like Bill right. Clinton looks like he can fight. No. That's my whole Definitely thing. Not now. Definitely not now, but I just feel like I don't want Bill Clinton, when he's being impeached, to look like he could get in a street fight with someone. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's fair. That's my two cents. I'm sorry. And that might be because I've only seen Clive Owen in 2006 when he was in his 30s, and now he's in his 50s and probably doesn't look like he can street fight anymore, but I don't know. That, that's all I got for tidbits, though. Um, I liked... There was this one time where... Denzel was coughing like he had a he had a cough that like interrupted. I think it was real just because like <laughs> like I was trying to think of it. I was like, why would they why would they like script a cough? Like yeah, that? I was trying to think if it had any value. I was like, oh, OK, no, you can just fuck up like that. They'll keep it um, <laughs> just like I don't know. I just thought that was kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's just um, this is just one of those all time great movies. There's not like a lot of nitpicks to be had. There's not a lot of, like, I don't know. It's just we love it. We're not thinking too hard about it. We want this right. movie. Like, it holds up. The questions that there are aren't, like, breaking the movie. Um, And that's it. You know, it's one of the great heist movies. That's why we used it to kick this off. Yeah. Um, You feel, co- you, what would you give it for one bite? One bite? Uh, like an 8.9 easy? Easy, probably. I'd say like a nine three would be where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. That's where I like to be. Definitely hits a nine. Okay. I think. Um, nine three is where you want to be. Is this is this your favorite heist movie? It's it's a definitely a contender for it. Okay. What are the other ones? Is it? It's like this, the town. Town. Um, Ocean's Eleven. Okay. I do not like Ocean's Eleven. I didn't like it. I like. I I did like it. I, I wouldn't, I don't think that I would even, like, I think that for me, it's mostly this in the town. What about, like, would Inception count? Is that a heist? Yes. It's, I'm going to have to watch it for this season and not talk about it. That's... I didn't, I've seen it. I didn't like it, but I haven't seen it, like, I think I saw it twice the year it came out and haven't seen it since. So probably like 10 years at this point. I've seen it a couple times. I would put that, like, in an A tier, whereas town and inside manor at s okay the town is incredible i'm so excited to talk about that one yeah that's that movie's sick i i just watched that recently like for the first time a couple months ago Mm -hmm. me too i watched it during the pandemic for the first time and then watched it again like the next day it's so good (laughs) 
And then we'll also get to do our ba- bad Boston accents. That one's going to be sick. That's coming at the end of this. I think that's the last heist movie we're doing this season. Start off with second best and with the best. And we're not doing Heat or anything because that one's already been talked about a bunch. But anyway, uh, I think that's all we got for you. You good? Yeah, I mean, I, I said everything I wanted to say. All right. Where can the people find you, Mike? What do, where do you got to plug? Um, hit my line. Hit his line. You guys know it. Um, 8675309. That's the one, baby. 555. 555. That's my area code. Don't get it twisted. Golly. All right. So thank you, Mike. Uh, people, well, thank you for having me. tomorrow we're back at it. And that one actually is also very special. We got Darren Schaefer of the Cooper Vortex talking all about DB Cooper, the only unsolved case of air piracy, of skyjacking in U.S. history. Guy made off with $200,000 in 1971. FBI has never come close to finding him. So tune into that. It's awesome. And that guy knows he has 50 episodes all about this case, so he knows everything about it. It's super set. All right, people, thank you for tuning in and listening. As always, if you did what you're hearing, make sure you hop on the podcast platform of your choice, drop five-star ratings, reviews, all that good stuff. Follow the podcast on Instagram at highkey underscore obsessed underscore podcast and on Twitter at O podcast. And there I'm posting memes, reviews, like videos I've been doing, weird stuff. It's just all good stuff, all good stuff. And until next time, 